The reading this evening is taken from the Gospel according to John, um, chapter 10, verse 1 to 18. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Liz, very much for reading. Let's pray that the Lord will speak. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you are the good shepherd and you say that your sheep know your voice. We pray you would speak to us, your flock, this evening. Uh, send your spirit, take the words I've prepared and speak through them. Speak to each one of us and give us grace to trust you better. And we ask it in your great name. Amen. So we're back into John's Gospel and looking at the I am sayings of Jesus. Um, right at the heart of John's gospel is this verse 10 that we've had 
this evening. John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's an extraordinary op- uh, invitation in this it's an extraordinary claim. If we want to know life to the full, the very best place to come is to come to Jesus. He is the giver of life, the author, author of life. Uh, and John wrote this gospel because he is totally convinced that Jesus is who he claimed to be. Uh, John had tasted this life, as it were, in Jesus. Back at the prologue to John's gospel, it seems a long time ago that we looked at this, John 1:14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And verse 16 that says, out of his fullness, we've all received grace in place of grace already given. John had experienced that out of Jesus' fullness of grace, he had been given life. And John is writing this gospel so that we would come to know the life that God has for us more and more. So right at the end of the Gospel, chapter 20, verses 30 to 31, John says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, by trusting in him, you may have life in his name. So that's what this whole Gospel is about. It's there to help us trust in Jesus initially and then to go on trusting in Jesus more deeply. Uh, Jesus promises a life full of love and joy and peace inwardly with no fear or anxiety inwardly as we trust him. Though he never says anything about what will happen outwardly. Indeed the Bible is very clear there will be outward difficulties, there will be suffering, there will be times when we feel God's not answering our prayers, there will be times we feel he doesn't care, it's not true. Uh, But outwardly, things are often difficult. Inwardly, there can be life and joy and peace. It's kind of entirely the opposite of what you might read when you read Hello magazine or anything like that. I'm sure most of you don't. I have never read Hello magazine, though there was a very dangerous time on summer holiday a few years ago where I was there with my adult children. I was lying by the pool uh, and my daughter had left her Hello magazine there and I idly picked it up and just in time put it down before the camera went off and the photo would have gone of the vicar on holiday with his Hello magazine by the pool. Uh, Mercifully, that photo never saw the light of day. But in Hello magazine, you will see celebrities who everything looks perfect on the outside. But for many of them, life is, they're struggling completely inside. For the Christian who trusts Jesus, it's the other way around. There is no promise that outwardly everything will be good, but inwardly, where it matters most, there can be life and joy and peace. And this life comes in relationship with God through Jesus. And that is the main point of this picture of the Good Shepherd, where Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. It's about the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. It's about the relationship between Jesus and us, his flock. He's our Good Shepherd, we're his flock. And it's this relationship with us. Uh, So let me read to you a few of the verses that Liz read to us just a minute ago. Uh, First of all, verses 2 to 5. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Uh, They'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. In verses 11 to 15, I am the good shepherd. 
the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Uh, And a bit later in the chapter, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So this is all about the shepherd's relationship with us. And it's one of the most loved pictures of God and his people in the Bible. Uh, From Psalm 23 and everything else. The Lord is my shepherd. He knows me and loves me and cares for me. Sort of woven into the fabric of the scriptures. David, the great king in the Old Testament, was of course a shepherd boy himself. And so that leads to so much of this rich imagery. Now, you probably need to work a bit on your mental image of the shepherd we're talking about. If you are picturing English sheep, uh, cuddly, lots of wool, lots of green grass, uh, and they don't move very far, it's a very different picture. The grass out there in Israel uh, is not nearly so lush. The sheep have to go off. They look for it. They go astray. The shepherds have to look after them, and it's a tough life. I think you're better thinking Australian farmer sort of tough image uh, than a sort of whatever you've got from your Sunday school picture books when you were five of sort of a shepherd cuddling sheep or whatever. This is a the shepherd. It's a pretty tough job. They're out all night. They have to protect the sheep. They have to stop them going astray. They have to find food. They had to fight off uh, animals that would try and devour the sheep. In this, John 10, it was the wolf. Uh, David said this in 1 Samuel 17 when he was talking to Saul. Uh, David, the shepherd boy, said, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. So this uncircumcised Philistine, Goliath he's talking about, will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Uh, That sort of shepherding is pretty impressive and tough. Um, And Jesus says he is our good shepherd who cares for us. He won't run away when life is difficult. He will rescue us. Uh, and provide for us, Psalm 23, provide water, provide food, provide a place to rest, provide protection, provide guidance, and restore our souls inwardly. Now, the sheep in Israel in those days were not kept for their wool. Uh, sheep here, very lovely woolly, uh, they get their, I'm sorry, sheep were not kept for their meat, they were kept for their wool. Let's get that the right way around. <laughs> get my brain again. Uh, that means they lived a long time and the wool could be gathered year after year after year. And the sheep and the shepherd got to know them down the years. They're kept for their meat. Once they grow big enough, then they're off to the slaughterhouse. But the, they were pretty scrawny things out there because the feeding wasn't good. And uh, the wool would be gathered year after year after year. So the shepherds would have got to know their sheep. Uh, and I've read some some of what the commentators tell about old shepherds they would give them nicknames depending on whether it's old black eye or old 
gammy leg or whatever it is that, that each sheep had, but they would know them. In the same sort of way as we get to know, gosh, I've got a dog, Dudley, who's now 13, just about. I know him pretty well. He recognizes my voice. He doesn't pay any attention to it, but he recognizes it, and he certainly won't pay attention to anybody else's voice. But he, I know him. He knows me, and there's a trust there. Uh, sheep, shepherds in those days knew their sheep, and the sheep knew them. There's an old commentary um, by a guy called H.V. Morton who spent time out in Israel over 100 years ago just thinking what was it like and how could we get back to the time, the time of Jesus, what it would have been like. And he describes a time when he saw two flocks, two sheep flocks forced to shelter in the same cave overnight because of a storm. And the sheep were all muddled up between them and he wondered how on earth the shepherds would separate them out. And in the morning, the two shepherds came out, stood at different sides, and each gave their distinctive call. And the sheep just went to the one they knew. The sheep know the shepherd, and they recognize the voice, and they follow. And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, and they follow me. Now, if you're a young Christian, you're one of the Lord's lambs, and you're learning to recognize his voice. And the longer we go on as Christians, the more we get better at recognizing what is God and what isn't. The better we get to know the scriptures, the more we know what God's truth is. Jesus will never contradict his word in the scriptures. Uh, but when you're young in the Christian faith, you're just learning to discern. Just like little lambs wouldn't have yet learned to recognize the shepherd's voice. It's the sheep that know. Uh, but putting the focus back onto Jesus. He is our good shepherd. He knows us thoroughly. He knows our backgrounds, our families, our jobs, our hopes, our fears, our trials, our longings, our dreams. And he cares for us tenderly. He provides for our needs. He guides us. He bears patiently with us. There are plenty of times he doesn't do what we want. Um, there are plenty of times I don't do what my dog wants. To just, I don't have a sheep, but I have a dog that I love and care for. Uh, when he's been hurting, when I've had to take him to the vet for an operation, uh, we had to have an operation on his head a while ago, and we had to put one of those horrid collars around him, I, thought, I, th I think my dog thought I hated him, <laughs> but it was for his own good. And there are times when Jesus, our good shepherd, doesn't do what we want. There's probably something he's doing inwardly in us that he sees that needs attention, and we have to learn to trust him. His love for us is not in doubt. Uh, because that brings me to my second point, that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He not only knows us intimately, but he loves us enough to die for us. The hired hand will run away. We heard that in verses 11 to 15. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd. He doesn't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And we celebrate this in communion this evening, that Jesus loves us so much that he's laid down his life for you and me. Uh, now, this is very honouring to Jesus, but it's not very honouring to us because it compares us, us with the sheep who are always going astray. And sheep going astray is a biblical picture of us sinning, of us drifting away from God's plan. 
I grew up in rural Buckinghamshire in a tiny little village called Luggershort, just down the bottom of a hill from Brill. And Brill Hill was covered in sheep wandering around. And I remember when I learnt to drive, uh, I had to be very careful on Brill Hill because the sheep would just wander across the road. Uh, they didn't know that it was dangerous to walk in front of my car or anybody else's car. They were pretty stupid. They would just wander around, often astray. Now, in this country, they don't go very far astray because there's so much grass. They don't have to go very far. But in Israel, they could get very far astray. Uh, and there's this uh, verse in Isaiah 53 that picks up on the fact that we've gone astray and Jesus, our good shepherd, uh, is the one who deals with that. So Isaiah 53, 6, famously, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That famous verse, that though we've sinned, that we've got things wrong. Uh, in the person of Jesus, God puts our sin on him. And of course, Jesus is as much God as the Father. Uh, so God takes our sin on himself. Though we've gone astray, it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus paid the price for it. So there is forgiveness and we remember that tonight. All of us have gone astray and the Good Shepherd loves each one of us to bring us back to him. Uh, while it's not shepherd imagery, the fam most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, that says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's John's big theme again. There's life and you get that life by putting your trust in Jesus. And all the way through John's gospel, of course, there are lots of references to the fact that Jesus dies for us. Jesus, the good shepherd, dies for the sheep. Or in John 1, 29, it's John the Baptist describes Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the sacrificial Lamb. Chapter 11, 49 to 50, Caiaphas, the high priest that year, uh, says, you know nothing at all. You do not realize it's better for you that one man must die for the people than the whole nation would perish. And John goes on to say, as high priest, he prophesied that Jesus would pay the price for the sin of the whole nation. Well, Jesus himself, chapter 12, verse 23 and 24, says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly I tell you, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seed. And he knows that he was going to die, paying the price for our sin, so we could have life. And then famously, as Jesus died on the cross, John chapter 19, verse 30, Jesus said, it is finished. That all the way through John's gospel, this theme that the good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. It was done. And we celebrate that at communion tonight. The price is paid. Whatever you've done, Jesus paid the price for that. So he's the good shepherd who knows you and loves you. He's the good shepherd who's laid down his life for you. And just thirdly, and much more briefly, uh, he's also the gate for the sheep. In this passage, we have two of the I am sayings. I am the good shepherd and I am the gate so let's just look at that briefly. 
uh, verse 7, Jesus said, very truly, I am the gate for the sheep. And verses 9 and 10, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Uh, when a shepherd would have his flock out somewhere, if they had to camp out, he'd find some sort of wall to guard them and he would lie across a gateway himself so no one could come in or out uh, without, and get to the sheep without going through the shepherd. And Jesus says he is our gateway. We come to God through him. As we'll be looking in a few weeks' time, the words over my head, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me. And I just want to say to anybody here this evening, there may be someone here this evening, who's never yet bowed the knee to Jesus as Lord. I know that the majority here are Christians, and I've got something for you in a minute. But if there's anybody here who's, not, who's just been thinking, well, is this for me or not? We come to God through Jesus. He is the gate. And there is no better thing you could do than to say, well, Lord, I feel like a lost sheep. I feel astray. I feel inwardly out of touch with you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that you are a gateway to God for me. Please receive me. Uh, please uh, come into my life. If, if you're ready for that this evening, and you'll know because you'll probably hear God sort of pounding on the door of your heart if that's you, then sit very simply, invite Jesus in and commit to putting your trust in him and he will look after you as the good shepherd who looks after every one of his sheep. Uh, and do, if that's you, do have a word with me afterwards. We can help you. Uh, as I say, the lambs are learning to recognise the sheep's voice. The sheep know. Uh, to those of you who are Christians, obviously the majority here, I want to urge you to choose to make the most of this relationship with God through Jesus and get to know his voice. Supremely we do that through the scriptures. This is the word of the Lord and God speaks to us through it. Uh, as good a way I know is to use Nicky Gumbel's Bible in one year that goes through the Bible, a bit of the Old Testament, a bit of the New and uh, Psalm or Proverb. If you're a reader, you'll have no trouble. If you're not a great reader, they've now started an express version of this. So you can have a few highlights of the verses taking you through the whole Bible. Uh, you can download the app and each day you could start tomorrow, start tonight if you like. There is no better way to get to know the voice of the shepherd than to meditate on the scriptures every day and pray, Lord, please speak to me. Uh, and not to do that, I think, for a Christian is madness. The voice of the good shepherd is what will most help us. The shepherd will speak to us and guide us and protect us. And to try and, go, to try and do it our own way without learning to recognise the voice of the good shepherd is just asking for trouble. So let me recommend you to make the very most of the scriptures and get to know uh, the way God speaks to you supremely through them. Uh, Jesus promises to lead us, to guide us, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He is there with us, as Psalm 23 says, until that great day comes when he returns or takes us home to be with him. I was praying earlier for Pauline, one of our older members, 
who is right on the edge of going to glory now in might and hospice. She's known the Lord and loves the Lord, ready to be with him. We're praying with her as she enters into glory. Uh, but Jesus describes that he will be there, the good shepherd, every step of the way. Let me just read to you two more verses, and with these we'll stop. Chapter 10, verses 27 to 29, three verses. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. You are utterly secure when you put your faith in Jesus. No one can snatch you out of his hand. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Uh, so let's pray. Would you stand, again, if you're comfortable to do so. I'm going to lead in prayer. And then we're going to uh, use the song, The Lord is My Shepherd, to express our trust to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we bow before you, our good shepherd, and we thank you so much for your great love for us, that love that took you to the cross. We praise you that you laid down your life for us, even though we had all gone our own way and gone astray. We praise you for revealing your love to us. For those of us who are Christians, who know you and love you, give us grace to learn to hear your voice as we meditate on the scriptures day by day. Would you speak to us? Would we learn to recognize the other ways you speak to us as well, each one of us differently? But supremely, may we know your word to us through the scriptures better and better and learn to recognize your voice. And for anyone here who's not yet one of your followers, if there's someone listening, either perhaps tonight or uh, listening to the sermon at some point in the future, you might like to use this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I've gone my own way. I recognize I have strayed like a lost sheep. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the good shepherd who laid down your life for me. Forgive me my sin. Come into my life by your Holy Spirit and help me to follow you. I long for that life that you promised, life in all its fullness. So fill me with your spirit and give me grace to follow you in the way that leads to the fullness of eternal life. And all these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.